0: Last year I was trying to, to make a magazine actually and it was it was really, you know, a big work failure. Digital media is changing. I invested thousands of dollars into a project that didn't go. And that was really challenging.
1: Welcome back in 2018 I was getting a lot of emails from people asking me how I started my podcast this podcast let it out that you're listening to right now and I would spend a lot of time writing these emails so I ended up making a Google Doc that I could just send people and that document got bigger and bigger with advice on how to get a podcast to iTunes, what equipment I use, interviewing tips, finding guests, marketing a podcast, and eventually how to get sponsors and monetize the podcast. All things that I didn't know how to do either, but figured out how to do for this podcast you're listening to right now. Eventually, that document got so robust that I decided after much reluctance to create a digital workshop. And some of you may have been hearing about this workshop for two years since 2018. And if so, and you don't want to start a podcast, just skip ahead to the episode. It's an interview with me. I'm the guest being interviewed by someone else. Someone named Emily, who's Wonderful on her podcast, which is called Back to You. And she was the winner of the contest element of the podcasting workshop I run that was previously called Let a Podcast Out. That is just a long mouthful of a name. So it's now called the Podcast Kit. And it's available if you want to make a podcast. It's for independent podcasters. And it's a really robust version of what started as that really. Large Google document that was pages and pages and pages. It's now a digital workshop with guest interviews. I interviewed over a dozen other podcasters about what they do because how I do it isn't the only way. And I've learned a lot from other people. So it includes that. And then it also includes this contest, which is once a little while, (laughs) once a semester, I air one of the participants' podcasts on this show. And this time, Emily Schultz is the host of the Back to You podcast, and she had me on her podcast. So hopefully you haven't left yet if you don't want to start a podcast because I'm going to share my favorites for the week before we get to that episode. But if you do want to start a podcast or you've been thinking about it for years or for a moment or in the last couple of weeks, whenever you want to, the podcast kit is There for you. And I would love to have you in it. And I think the fall Virgo season back to school is a really good time to start new projects. And therefore, I'm offering a discount to listeners. Use the code Let It Out podcast, Let It Out podcast, and that will give you a massive discount off of the podcast kit if you join this month, September, which is only a couple more weeks. And if you have any questions about it at all, let me know. I'm sure Emily, the host of this podcast, will answer your questions as a participant, any of the other participants in the workshop over the years. There's been hundreds. We've started hundreds of podcasts. We even have an alumni page where we show all the podcasts that were created through this Workshop, And it's one of my favorite things I do because we have these calls where I workshop people's ideas and we create community around a creative project, which I think is really essential because creativity and making something can be really lonely and having support of people doing the same thing at the same time or at different points in time, but collectively moving forward in a similar project in a similar vein and people ahead on that path and behind on the same path to making something is really special and something I wasn't expecting to love so much of being with people while they're in process podcasting because this medium has brought me so much as I discussed with Emily in this episode. And Emily and I met, which we'll talk about in this show, but we met at my book launch party in Columbus years ago. And then she... We Kept In Touch, and she did this workshop. And Back To You is a podcast that centers on candid conversations with guests who generously share their compelling perspectives, career paths, and experiences through exploring the intersection of purpose, culture, and impact. And these conversations invite listeners to feel closely connected like they would to friends. And I got to be a guest. So this is a very candid conversation with me and we talk about podcasting, writing, mental health, evolving relationships to wellness. And it's a really present conversation to my summer and, and what's been going on with me. So if you're curious about that, this is the episode for you. Another participant had me on their podcast, Jess. So I will link to her episode as well if you, <laughs> if you want even more of me that is out and available as well. A couple of things I'm loving... i want to tell you about right now i've started to mention some of my favorites in these intros and if you like this great if not maybe i'll stop doing it i like sharing so maybe i won't stop doing it okay the first thing is a lipstick that my friend christine who is a true life artist she's a dj and a ceramicist and a youtuber who talks about beauty so she gave this to me and I really trust her opinion on this sort of thing. And it's the K-O-S-A-S, Kosas, I think is how you say it. And it's this lipstick in Stardust. And I wear it like she, I was putting it on the other day and she was like, whoa, you put that on like it's chapstick. Like it's kind of a darker color. It's kind of pinky, mauvey. I'm like out of it. I need to get a new one, but I've been wearing it every day. And yeah, it moisturizes my lips enough that I put it on as You know, yeah, like it as if it's chapstick, you know, and it's a pretty forgiving color. So I just, I really love it, and and maybe you like it too. And not sponsored at all. I none of this episode is sponsored. I just want to share this with you. Another thing is my best friend, my dear friend Simi, who has been on the podcast several times, and. In this episode, I think we talk about Simi because Emily used to intern for her, so it feels relevant. But she has this digital studio for movement, and she used to be a bar teacher, is a bar teacher, and it's called Unmeasured. And it has so many workout classes and different time lengths 20 minutes, an hour, 40 minutes. And she's just one of the best people in the world. So I want to tell you about that. And then I went camping with my other best friend, Carolina, a couple of weeks ago and we, I think I told you guys about that. But anyway, we all got these water bottles. They're just Nelgene bottles, but they're in really cool colors and it's been helping me drink more water. So I'll link to the one I got if you guys you know, want to get one too, and we can all try to be more hydrated together. And then the last thing I'm going to say is my favorite, this week is my friend Brooke who you guys know who's done the podcast and her boyfriend Mike who I love they are therapists and healers and they made this workshop about how to use psychedelics for healing and it I thought it was meant for therapists to like use psychedelics in their work but it's actually for anyone who wants to use psychedelics in a therapeutic way and have guidance and wording around how to do that and resources and worksheets and it's she worked so hard on it and so did Mike and it's really beautiful and I love her so much so I'm going to link to that as well enjoy this episode with me (laughs) and Emily and if you want to start a podcast you know I'm here for you if you don't thank you for listening to this episode with me and I will speak to you at the end Oh, and I want to know, obviously, right now I'm speaking with my microphone. In this episode, I was a terrible guest and I didn't have my microphone with me. So my audio isn't great, which is a real bummer. However, it's all audible. It's just not the quality that I love. (laughs) So hopefully you're fine with that. I just wanted to tell you right now. And please subscribe to Emily's podcast back to you. She's a wonderful host, and I'm so proud of her and excited for her to have a new show.
2: Hey there, thanks for tuning into Back to You, a candid, cozy podcast that helps you reflect, make meaning, and get back to yourself. I'm your host, Emily Schultz, and I'm so grateful that you decided to listen today. Our guest today is Katie Dalebout. On a personal note, it felt so incredibly special to interview my podcasting mentor and the host of the very show that introduced me to the podcasting medium, a podcast called Let It Out. I love getting the chance to connect with Katie after finishing her podcast creation course this summer. Part of the fun was preparing to connect with her honestly because I got to re-listen to my favorite episodes of hers and I just truly enjoyed doing a deep dive into the show that got me hooked on this medium. I'd love to tell you a little bit about her before we get started. So Katie Dalbout is a writer and podcaster and the founder of Let It Out, a community for sharing soft stories, the tender tales that connect us. Her weekly interview show that began in 2013 now has over 4 million downloads. And in 2019, she started Spiraling, a co-hosted anxiety show. Her book, Let It Out, published by Hay House in 2016, is an interactive guide to journaling. She's spoken at Krapalu, Soho House, and The Wing in New York City, and now runs a journaling-based creative clinic and leads an online workshop for independent podcasters, which I am a graduate of. It was so fun to connect with her. I don't want to waste any more time telling you about the show. Let's just let you get into it. And so excited to hear your feedback. Hit record. I like Squadcast because it shows you like a little map of where you are. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. You're in Denver, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, just a little bit outside of Denver.
0: Denver and kind of like a suburb area. I'm, com- I'm flying, weirdly, to Denver on Friday. Oh my um, gosh, that's so fun. I'm, but I'm not really going to be there. I'm just going on a camping trip with my best friend and her two kids. <laughs> oh my we gosh. We're in a camper van and we we're going like all around the southwest. That's
2: so fun and such a great yeah. way to still kind of embrace travel and quarantine in a way that's like safe but also isn't having you in one place for the whole time.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, totally. Yeah. yeah. Gonna be cool. It's it's uh, I'm a little bit, it's a little sketch I'm flying there, but I'm just going to be really careful and I'm I'm going to get tested when I get back and yeah. you know, I have just like a little pod of people here that I hang out with and we get tested like every week or so and like we're we're careful so yeah it's good
2: (laughs) yeah that's perfect and I think that makes a lot of sense it's like you have to somehow squeeze lemonade out of this whole experience and not just like totally be quarantined the entire time like it's important to always of course be social distancing but I think if we don't find ways to like stretch the boundaries in ways that are still appropriate we're going to we're going to go crazy, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I, That's something
2: I've been playing great. around with a lot. Like what feels like, is it, we haven't gone out to dinner or anything yet, but um, like, we'll get food to go. And like the next step is like, maybe we could try social distance dinner. I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. I think it's, it's, it's really hard to know exactly like the right thing to do and, and something that you might feel really comfortable with other people in your pod might not, or it's just, or just like, you know, warming up to like, okay, are we where it's going to just be weird for years? I, or maybe not, hopefully not years, but for a while of us being like, okay, where, where are we with this? Are we, you know, even months from now, like, are we hugging? Are we, are we going out? Are we going out? Are we like, what's, what's everyone's vibe and just warming up to like getting to know what that is, is going to be a process.
2: Yeah, I saw somewhere, I read somewhere, um, like, the importance of asking people their preferences and as, like, a new mm-hmm, form of a yeah. social contract, and I thought that made a lot of sense. I mean, even just, like, letting yeah. people know, like, hey, I have, like, a gentle cough, not not sure if it's anything to be worried about, but maybe I shouldn't come anymore, you know, and I think... These are just things that we wouldn't have done before, but maybe it's making us all more considerate.
0: I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there, I think there's like a sadness to it, at least for me of like, you know, I, I just really, I just think a lot about touch and yeah. I'm really lucky that like I live, I haven't been alone in quarantine because I live with people. I've lived with mm-hmm. people this whole time. Um, and then people that I've become Close with unexpectedly to the point where, like, I am touching people. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And, like, that I'm really grateful for. And I don't know how I would feel if that hadn't been the case for me. So, I think about like just the sadness of like when I would meet someone and say, like, oh, I'm a hugger. I'm from the Midwest, you know, like that mm-hmm. would be the days of that are kind of behind us. Um, and yeah, I'm just a toucher. Like you've met me in person and like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure I've hugged you several times. And I like, (laughs) when we're talking, I'm probably like putting my hand to my heart and like touching you and like, mom, I'm just just like how I am. Yeah. Um, So that is going to be challenging for me.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's such an interesting point because I think so much of your work is about like showing up fully present as yourself in a really authentic way Mm -hmm. um, that like allows you to connect with people in a way that feels meaningful to you. and like if you have to even like rein in any small part of yourself to kind of adjust to the new social contract in the pandemic, like that must feel weird. And I know it feels weird for me. I think people like they don't even smile at me when I walk by, like if I'm taking a socially distanced walk or going for a run or something, I'm used to like waving at people, but it's almost like people are afraid to even look at each other or like they don't even smile. I don't know if maybe it's just Colorado, hopefully not. Hopefully it's, well, actually, I hope that it's only Colorado, so less people are experiencing that. Yeah, but, um, it's yeah, it's don't so
0: weird. Yeah, I mean, my old roommate said that like he tried to smile at someone, and kind of the same sort of thing happened. So hmm. it's a tricky, strange time for everyone, and there. I think what a lot of my friends, at least, and I are talking about this week is like just the sadness of like people like my friends are really sad and they're not like they're not sad in the way that they're like whoa is me my situation so much worse they're sad of like I know everyone has a bad and this I'm really bummed about this and I'm bummed about that and like just a lot of my friends are crying and a lot of my friends are I'm just feeling like the empathy of like the people around me and myself but, but also like In this moment, I'm kind of okay, you know, Mm -hmm. so I think I can kind of feel the empathy of of other people because I'm kind of like, all right, yeah, there's like a lot of jarring change and a lot of sadness around. But, you know, I I had a lot of time in quarantine where I was like, I for sure fully feel the collective sadness and fear of the world and everything that's going on. But personally, I feel okay. You know, and that is like something to wrestle with on its
2: own. I've been thinking a lot about like post-traumatic growth as opposed to like PTSD and like feeling like we're hyper-focused on the negative Ramifications of trauma, but like the ways we grow in spite of it, and I think because of it, I think are kind of cool. So it'll be interesting to see the kind of emotional resilience that we build as a collective. Because there isn't a single person who's not affected by this. Though of course, mm-hmm. um, some are affected more than others. Um, I'm I'm really curious to see like how we evolve. I think we already have. Um, yeah. I don't feel like the same person as I was in March. I Maybe that sounds dramatic, but I feel really different.
0: Yeah, I. Completely agree. That's really well said. And if I think about it, yeah, same. Yeah, actually, yeah. Mm.
2: Well, we didn't really get into like the introduction, but this—I feel mm-hmm. like this was a lot more exciting than the introduction I had planned. Um, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> but do <laughs> <laughs> I do just want to really thank you and take the time to just explain to people what your work has meant to me. I think um, not everyone has really like has necessarily like been as into the podcasting world as I feel like I I have been for the past couple of years. So if they're not familiar with your work, I just, I really encourage everyone to check out your Instagram and your website and definitely both of your podcasts. Um, but as as someone who has followed your podcast, let it out since 2015, it just feels so surreal to be speaking with you on my own show. I've I've always wanted to do a podcast ever since I knew that they existed, which was like only through you um, because I thought that you were the only person with a podcast that I would like be interested in because I was so into your show. Um, And eventually I learned that there are other podcasts and I feel like I have a robust library, but yours has been like a consistent listen since 2015. Nice. that's so nice. So who, how did you find, how did you find me? Yeah. So I was Simi Bodich's intern. That's what I thought. Yeah. And she was interviewed on your show, but weirdly, I think I actually list I think I found it somehow before. And then uh-huh. I remember being surprised, like, oh my gosh, I know someone on the show, but it was around the same time because I just started yeah. working for Simi. Um, but at the time your podcast was still called The Wellness Wonderland Radio. Um wow. and <laughs> I just yeah, loved it. Yeah, that was before so my book came out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it was when I was still in college, but like earlier in college. And I think I had just moved to England. Maybe I, yeah. Yeah.
0: um, yeah. So I was, Cause I remember I met I- you at my book launch in Columbus, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. I remember that. Like it was yesterday.
2: Yeah, me too. It was so fun. And I brought my best friend with me. We both listened to your podcast and I went to school in the Columbus area at Denison University Uh and she had never like seen any of my places. So we made like a whole weekend out of it and we just like visited all my favorite places and then went to your book lunch uh, or like whatever it was called like the different like you had all all over yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. it was so fun um and just yeah I just I always love to hear what you have to say about things and just encourage people to check out your podcasts um but yeah, so as soon as I found your show I was hooked and when I lived abroad in England you accompanied me on like so many walks to class, to the pub, even mm-hmm. though like, I don't drink that much, like I went to the pub a lot, <laughs> which was like my way of trying to assimilate yeah. into English culture. Um and I like went to the library and you know, like long bus rides with your podcast kind of always in my ears. Um and in a way I feel like I followed and mirrored a lot of your wellness experiences. Mm. And I think I found you at just the right time. Like some of the same things you were navigating, I was navigating and I just, I so admire you for your efforts to help dismantle diet culture, just through your own personal exploration and elevation of the voices in the field and for your thoughts on mental health. You have a second podcast called spiraling that I love and I think is so good. Um, And you've taught me a lot about like journaling and writing to process emotion and just so much more. So long story short, I just really enjoyed seeing your evolution over time and just want to thank you for letting me follow along.
0: That's so nice. And, I'm honored. And I, you know, a lot of what you said, like the evolution and things I've been learning and navigating, as I'm sure you've seen, if you've been around since 2015, it's been nonlinear. It's been a process. It's been, you know, again and again and again. And, but I I am open about that. And I, and I, and I do everything you said was so nice. and, And I really appreciate because, that's exactly my goal let it out is like you said, to elevate people who are helping to dismantle diet culture and to talk about mental health and to make people feel less alone and make people laugh and entertain people. And, uh, I, yeah, that's exactly what I aim to do. And I know that I, you know, I'm not the only one doing these things and I'm not the expert doing these things, but this is my little corner. And, um, I'm, it's such an honor to have, have you in it, you know, have you in my corner and, making a community and and i'm so impressed with you and um learning a lot from you as well and and it was such an honor to have you in let a podcast out which is the the workshop Mm -hmm. i do um we're renaming it the podcast kit actually but yeah Anyway, I'm so I,
2: excited for your kits. By the way, like definitely. Oh, thank talk you. About those. That is incredible. Yeah, yeah. For anyone to. out there who's considering starting a podcast, I would highly encourage you to invest in this. And it, it is just that it's an investment that will keep on giving. I feel like I have learned so much, and just highly recommend it. I don't like I joined thinking I just wanted to learn more about podcasts because I love them, and I wasn't even sure if I yeah. would watch one. Um, yeah, and I was so inspired to do it, and um, I think I, I could have only gotten there through the, through the course,
0: honestly. Mm, that's really cool. Yeah. I think it's kind of like teacher training for yoga, whereas some people do it where they're like, I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to teach and that's what I want to do. And some people do it because they're like, I want learn about podcasts. Like how's the sausage made or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that's really cool. And was not my intention in making the course at all. I was like, whoever does this, like, will obviously start a podcast, but mm-hmm. it's cool that some people just want to audit it and learn. And then you know, oftentimes I do end up starting one, um, eventually, yeah. but yeah, it's it's cool that you came into it with that. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely like a quarantine activity. Like I was like, I need to do something where yeah. I'm something cool, like distracting myself from all of the chaos. Like I just want to really dive into something and I, yeah, I just, I jumped in and I'm so glad I did. It was really fun. And there was like a lot of nice community on the calls as well. Yeah. Which I really appreciate it. I feel like I learned a lot from other people's questions.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's what I really wanted to cultivate with this kid is like, I have felt so, and, and not like what I have coming up even more so, but like I have felt very alone in my career as mm-hmm. a, whatever it is that I do. Yeah. I, I have, I have people like Simi that we mentioned who do somewhat similar things to me, Serena, who I co-host my podcast with. And, and just in the last maybe two years or so, I have had some collaborations with people and that's been really nice because I, my podcast is a solo show. I Mm -hmm. do it by myself. I have people that I, I have a team that I work with now, but you know, and that's really great, but that took some time. And for a long time, it was just one other person and I, um, so, you know, I think collaboration is really important because the process of making a creative project can be lonely. And so Mm -hmm. making that community was really important to me and I'm glad you felt that.
2: Yeah. I feel like our generation kind of like elevates entrepreneurship as like this amazing, amazing magic bullet and I think for some people, it definitely feels amazing. And I hope for everyone who does it, like it pays off and they love it. But I also think it's important to talk about how hard it must be. I think, yeah. like, I watched family members build their own companies. I've worked for different people that had their own companies, and it definitely it takes a toll. It's, it can feel lonely. It can feel stressful. It can feel like you're carrying it all on your shoulders. So I just I have a lot of respect
0: for for what you do. Oh, well, thanks. That's so nice.
1: I mean, yeah, like. I guess
0: what I'll say is like, I, and I have not been exclusively an entrepreneur for very mm-hmm. long. And for most of this, I left my full-time job in 2018, I think, 2017, mm-hmm.
2: 2018, 2018. Yeah. Um, that's and, right. I forgot. and that's why you yeah. work initially, right? Cause you were still
0: working for that company. Um, kind of. I mean, I just wanted to move to New York really bad and I could <laughs> They were based in New York, but, like, I didn't even need to be there for my work. Um, yeah. I just wanted to, and they, like, kind of helped me to do that. Um, nice. But, but, yeah, I mean, I, I brought it up because it's just, like, I know what both are like. You know what I mean? Like, I know what it's like to work for a company, and I know what it's like to work for myself, and I know what it's like to do both and at the same time. <laughs> and wow. there were pros and cons to both. And, like, when I was there, I was constantly... Wanting to leave, you know, it was always a means mm-hmm. to an end. It was never like my dream job. And so that's part of it. But it was always like, okay, I'm going to do this until I can figure out how to monetize my stuff. Um, and then when my stuff got to a point where it was at least generating some income, and I always want to be very honest, I'm so open and transparent about money. Like I will literally tell you everything. But <laughs> the other thing is that I had had a lot of savings from working mm-hmm. that job for a long period of time. So I think with those two things, I was like, okay, I can leave. And I did, and I can, you know, afford to pay for my own health insurance and to live in New York city and to like keep up the lifestyle that I want to live. And the reason I could do that was honestly like way
1: more about my
0: savings than it was about what my business was bringing in. Although my business mm-hmm. was bring in something at that point. Yeah. And so I think, but now being a fully on my own person, And it's been, you know, two two years now of that when I was there, I was like, oh, I can't wait to leave and and do my stuff on my own. But now I I often feel like I'm less productive than I ever Mm -hmm. was, you know, because when you're busy, you just have to prioritize and get things done. And it was, it was stressful. I think my mental health is better now. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was, yeah, I was really burnt out. But there was also this like, I didn't ha- no matter how hard I worked every month, I knew that I was going to be able to pay my rent and I knew that how much was coming in. And mm-hmm. I, I had a lot less stress knowing that like, no matter what I was going to be okay to live at the, you know, level lifestyle I was living at, because I had more, it, it felt like I had more security, you know, of like mm-hmm. I had a salary and I had health insurance and I had, you know, there was a lot more seemingly stability, but it's also, you know, I was always reminded, like I could lose that job at any second. Like who knows, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but like, you know, more so than entrepreneurship where like now it's like, you know, I never know exact, especially now it's a lot less controllable seemingly. Yeah, especially um, with
2: the pandemic. I actually heard on podcast she had a guest on that said I was afraid my work wouldn't live into its purpose during a time such as this and she was referring to releasing a book during the pandemic and I think Mm -hmm. it could potentially feel really scary to release something that you've been working on at a time like this but it's also so like precious that your work might be able to offer some solace so um, they said something in the podcast like what is your prayer for the work that you're doing and I'd love to hear yours with the the kits that you've created
0: well you know I (laughs) Gosh, you know, that's such a good question for me to consider because to be honest with you, I haven't like considered a full prayer with it, but I would like to. I, I think the, the right kit is very, the most recent thing that I made and what I just put out. Um, and that feels very connected to this moment and to me and my work. And it's, you know, it's really a combination of everything that I've put out over the past five years or so starting Mm -hmm. with my book and then I made multiple I've done workshops all over the world I've for years I've taken that content of journaling and reimagined it and updated it but it always comes back to the same thing which is vulnerably spending time with yourself and writing out your truest thoughts and feelings and desires and fears and being that open and honest and vulnerable and authentic with yourself allows you to be that with other people. So that's what the right kit is, is, you know, journaling prompts and ideas and activities and around, you know, everything from productivity to relationships and connection to creativity, um, and more, way more, that's the right kit. And then in terms of, you know, the ones I made before quarantine and the ones I'll continue to make. So Last year, I was trying to to make a magazine actually, and it was it was really you know a big work failure where I was just like, digital media is changing. The project was already I invested thousands of dollars into a project that didn't go, and that was really challenging. And, and aspects of that project that I paid for are being used in terms of you know brand and identity and the website but i never made the magazine the level i wanted to because i didn't have the budget and i didn't want to really like i i didn't think it, i couldn't monetize that and so that's mm-hmm. how i got these ideas for the kits because the kits are what i'm able to put the content a lot of the content that i wanted to put in the magazine behind a paywall that felt really correct and so at that same time that I was starting the magazine, I had this breakup and I was pulling my podcast and the people who follow me like what they wanted to know from me and everyone wanted to talk about their breakup with me Mm -hmm. and I'm not an expert and I was never going to become a dating coach or a breakup expert, although those people exist. Um, But I did get a lot of really good advice during that time. And I did get a lot of um, art and, ideas sent my way that I kept together in a format (laughs) and I knew what helped me in that really vulnerable raw time. Like I knew what I would have needed. And I just wanted to help people. Like I wanted to authentically help people. And I didn't know how to help people because I was such a mess, but I was like, all right, I knew what helped me in this. And people weirdly want to talk to me about this right now. And I don't feel qualified to be able to help people, but I can tell what works for me and i can i can curate that and i can collect that in a little area mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. that's why i decided to make this zine called the soothe kit and then that's where the, it was the soothe kit for breakups and it was just like a 10 day hug for your heart when you're feeling like a raw nerve and you're sensitive to everything and i would just walk around new york city crying <laughs> and yeah. i made this 10 day scavenger hunt for your mind that's just very simple it was like one song one thing to do one thing to listen to one thing to read one journal prompt boom a day that's it not seven not 20 mm-hmm. not because I was getting so much at me and so it was yeah. just very simple it was 10 days it was that and at the end a ton of resources and things and that sort of thing and then you know I was like okay well maybe this isn't just a zine maybe this isn't just delivered on email and then there needs to be a part two because I believe with breakups it's like first you just need to soothe. You need to cope. You need to sit with yourself and just like, don't worry about what you need to learn from the relationship. Don't worry about moving on. Don't worry about anything. Just like lick your wounds and like be sad. And that's what the soothe kit is. And then eventually though, you're going to have to feel and solve and additionally to feel you're going to have to, you know, mind the relationship for gems look at your side of things go to therapy do the heavy lifting and that's what i made this year like i i did that and then i made a like a part, part two of the soothe kit which is called the solve kit and it it's like a, it's a really robust it's like this 8 week like course wow. um and it's yeah. And so then that, that was like, okay, well I made this and, you know, I interviewed people for that. And I like really did a lot of work on that, but it was cathartic for me to make. Cause it was like, again, it was a combination of everything that helped me over that year. And so I made that this January, January I went to Bali and I spent a month in Bali making that exclusively. It was the only project I worked on and I finished mm-hmm. it and, and I put it out and, um, and so so those kits were available. And then I was like, okay. And much like when I made the podcasting kit, I, I was like, okay, of the people who listen to Let It Out, maybe 10% also want to start a podcast. Like, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, what else can I offer to everyone? And then, you know, same thing. It's like, maybe, well, to probably a lot more who have had breakups, unfortunately, but <laughs> just how yeah. life is, I guess. But.
2: So we're you know, in the middle of quarantine. This is the real test. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. It's like, months on end. yeah,
0: it's like not, again, not everyone. So it's like, okay, well, what can I do for, for more, more people? And so that's the right kid, and the right kid, you know, is like, not breakup specific, (laughs) but that's how the first two came to be. And then like, from there, I was like, okay, well, like, that's not everything that's just like happened to be on my mind that year. And I was very adamant being like, even when that first one came out, like there's more after this, this just happens to be the theme of this first one, because I don't want to be put in the category. Like, I don't want to be the breakup girl. I don't want this to be Mm. My niche, because again, I don't even know what I'm talking about about this. It just happened to be the moment I was in when this started. So,
2: but that's what's so beautiful about your podcast, right? Like, you take people along on your journey, and that includes the entirety of your life. It's not just the breakup you went through or um, your recovery with your eating disorder, any of the things you've experienced. It's the culmination of all of it. And I think that means that like different people are going to resonate with different aspects of who you are. And then like will for sure purchase the kit that resonates most with their own experience. And I think I think especially I just wanted to revisit the concept of soothe and solve. I think that's so beautiful because I've heard you say on the show a few times that like you kind of live in your head and intellectualize feeling and
0: yep.
2: <laughs> I I really appreciate that vulnerability cuz I do the same thing and like that's feedback I've received time and time uh-huh. again that like I go straight to the solve or I go straight yep. to, like the anal- the analyzing. Yep. Um, because it's so much more comfortable to try to make sense of it. Or like for me, I, I process and like, I guess avoid living into emotion by like planning things. Like I'll plan the next five years if I'm really stressed (laughs) and it's like kind of in the same vein. So I love that you're encouraging people to really healthily like stop and soothe and feel in a way that maybe wouldn't be their go-to choice, but like through your guidance they're going to do it and like they'll be better off for it in my opinion
0: yeah i mean it's it's not my first choice (laughs) you know (laughs) but i think it's the only thing it's the only way to actually be in the the second for the second part to work you know i think it's the only it's unfortunately our only option (laughs) Or I mean, fortunately, because it it there's like that. There's so much richness there, actually.
2: Yeah, it's it's painful and it's it's beautiful, and like kind of that duality
0: is is so much of life. It's never just one thing, um, which is right. And it's not. I think that I've been thinking about this a lot too. Like something I'm writing right now. My um my friend was editing it, and I I wrote the word duality, and she was like, I don't that actually doesn't work at all. I, I think it's like, that's too binary for mm-hmm. this. And I think that's the same with, with what we're talking about here of like, it's not even a a binary. It's more of a spectrum. Yeah.
2: Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. You never feel even just two things, right? Like I think you hear therapists say a lot, like you can feel two things at the same time or or both at the same time, but, like to expand that further and say actually you can feel a lot of things at the same time and maybe not simultaneously but one after another and maybe you you go from mad to sad to glad to <laughs> excited and i think all of those those human emotions are are so normal and expected but to guide people so generously through your own path um in multiple areas of your life i think is is so it's just so kind of you to offer something like that but it's also a really novel offering like i don't see a lot of diy courses that are also like prompts and like I, it's like it's kind of like its own kind of course you know it's it's like a different offering than anything kit is probably oh, the, the perfect word so i love that <laughs> well i wasn't really sure what to
0: call it I, I i think yeah i guess i had the idea of of that when yeah when i thought of the soothe and solve kit it just kind of came out that way. I don't even remember like getting that idea or, or knowing why that, that came up. But I think it, I think it was, it's like a toolkit. You know what I mean? It's like, here's, here's a bunch of options. Take Mm -hmm. what you want. These are things that people have given me or I've tried. Not all of them are going to work for you. Not all of them are going to be needed, but you got them all in your, in your belt, you know? And I think that that is where, You know, that's why it's called that. (laughs) Well,
2: sort of along the same lines, one of your um, podcast recordings with Josh Radner, um, I I think it was the more recent one, and I love both of them. But one of Mm -hmm. you said something along the lines of, when you've been knocked around, you become a better friend and this yeah. resonates so deeply with me you like you talk a lot about friendship on your show and i i personally feel that a lot of my own challenges have made me more empathetic and open maybe i thought i was before and then i went through, through something hard and then i just became like less quick to react or pass judgment um after in the aftermath and um i like to think that makes me a better friend so I'd love to know if you can tell me about how your relationships have changed and potentially improved through hardship, kind of along the same same lines of that uh, post tra- post traumatic growth that we talked about earlier.
0: Mm, yeah, it's a really good question. Josh is really good at talking about that sort of thing because he's, you know, I mean, he's he's older than I am, first of all, and he mm-hmm. he's had more of those. He's good. I think what we, I think in the podcast episode you're talking about, like, I think we had this real moment where I was telling him that I finally understood something he told me at dinner four mm. months ago.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah.
0: Which was just that, like, you know, I think I was really sad and he was like, it gets better. <laughs> Trust me. And I was I'm like, sure. it's time. <laughs> and I was like, okay. You know, like, right, right, right now. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but you know and then I think in that like part of the episode it was like oh turns out you're right and he and I think yeah that was like the point of that was like that's true but also every time I'm going to have to relearn that lesson, you know, and I think that's the biggest pain maybe for me of life is that there are going to be lessons that I'm going to have to learn again and again and again. Yeah. And I hope I figure it out the first time and then I can have that muscle memory. But for me, unfortunately, there's been so many times where I'm like, Oh, I knew. And then the pain is greater, you know, the second time. Cause you're like, Oh, I did it before. But I think like, I'll give an example. Um, my best friend from college, who is like s- still my best friend now. And we live together in, College and studied abroad together. And then we lived around the corner from each other in New York. And she's like, why I moved to New York. And um, Mm -hmm. my stuff lived at her place when I was traveling until like a second ago, basically. And I shipped it here. But she and I had a real like, that's an example of like becoming a hopefully a better friend of like, I was kind of a shitty friend for a while and I didn't see it. And then when I had this breakup, she really, really had to help me a lot like and also had to have a tough conversation and say to me like dude you were not a very good friend when you were in that relationship and Mm -hmm. but she was also like I know if this ever happened to me you would do the same for me and that was true but I also had to really look at that and then I also had to look at the fact that like the exact same thing happened in college. Mm -hmm. and it was bringing up a lot of of that and and we I think worked it out and worked through it but it, it was like a strain that was and is hard and I think I am more empathetic to that situation now than I was then I will be more empathetic in that situation and just as a friend in general of anyone going through something similar because I have felt it and I know what it feels like. And I have that muscle memory. And, yeah.
2: and it sounds like the tough experience you went through this breakup, like really kind of like mobilized, like the series of conversations with some of your close friends and, and helped you see yourself and, and one another in a way that maybe was new or like challenged you to, to make changes or, or grow. And I think, I think that's beautiful. Like, I think that's post-traumatic growth i mean i'm not an expert but that that's what it sounds like to me yeah same (laughs) sounds like it (laughs) yeah that's beautiful thanks for sharing that oh yeah of course Um, something else I heard you say on a podcast, a lot of this is like, I did the deepest dive into all of my favorite podcasts that you've done in preparation Oh, that's (laughs) that's a lot of time with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's been really fun, actually, like doing a lot of the, that's like something I didn't expect in podcasting was all of the prep work to really kind of like get inside the head of the person that you're going to interview. Like, I didn't know how much I would love that, but I really, really do. And it's been so fun. Um, but I heard you say that's my favorite part too. Really? That's yeah. Yes. It's it's like you do like a crash course on that person almost. And it feels. Yeah. And you get yourself really excited to talk to
0: them until you're like, cool. Like I,
2: yeah. (laughs) For some of my friends who haven't been on podcasts, like I haven't really, I've interviewed them, but I haven't had that opportunity. So it's just been a lot of like Mm -hmm. journaling about our friendship and Mm, why I love them. So it's just been, it's been so fun, but, um, You said something, I think, more recently that I really resonated with. You said when something good happens, you want to call your mom or someone you're close with after and tell them. And sometimes it feels like you never get exactly what you wanted from that interaction. And I felt oh, yeah, I never do. (laughs) (laughs) I felt so understood when you shared that because Mm -hmm. I'm like a really celebratory person and I desperately want from other people closest to me um, to celebrate like in the way that I would in times of triumph or when I have a good idea that I just like want them to be excited about. And sometimes I'm even like scared to share because I'm like, oh, I would be so over the top about this if I were telling it to myself, but I know this person well enough to know that I'm not going to get that reaction. So I need to adjust expectations. And I guess I wondered if you still resonated with this a lot because I hadn't ever heard anyone else talk about it, but it's something I think about a
0: lot actually. Mm, That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, that's very wise to, to not, to try to give yourself that celebration. Um, (laughs) I mean, I, I super still resonate with that. I mean, I, I often will feel like I want people to be at the level that I'm at, you know, and just generally like if I'm hanging out with someone and they're like kind of, you know, want to go home and they're sleepy, I'm like, Oh, bummer, you know, or yeah. I'm really excited about something. Like I want to um, celebrate or, or the opposite of like, I'm sleepy and someone, and I'm just like, God damn, like I, I can't hang. Yeah. Um, so, so that's part of it. But then yeah, I, I definitely have this knee jerk reaction of wanting to call my mom and something good happens. And like you, exactly like you said, I never get the reaction that I I'm craving. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I just know that now. Mm-hmm. And I, and, and my really close friend actually gave me some really good advice this year. I was in Denver. She's actually in Boulder, oh, <laughs> oh, really? but she was, yeah, she was driving me to the air, but we, we, we know each other from Michigan, but she lives there now, but I was driving. She was driving me to the airport and I had gotten in a huge fight with my mom. Like mm-hmm. my mom and I were fighting a lot right before I went on this trip that I'm like basically still on that never ended. Um, When I left New York and I went to across the world and then I stopped in LA and never left. And that was really like, I was trying to explain my plan (laughs) to my mom of like, Mm -hmm. yeah, so I'm going to move out of my apartment. I'm going to go by myself very far away. And yeah, I don't really have it all sorted, but I think I'll figure it out. And like, that was like not, not mom wants something. To hear. <laughs> yeah. And it was not something that we could connect about. Mm-hmm. Like she could connect with me about my full-time job all day or like HR or like insurance, but mm-hmm. like, she just never had this experience, never wanted to have this experience. It sounded terrible to her. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and I just, cu- I was I, and it also was stressing me out because all the questions she she had for me, I didn't have the answer to. So I was just like getting more stressed. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. And it was just rough. And, and my friend like heard this conversation and she was like, dude, this is how you need to handle her. Mm-hmm. Tell her like, and she had written, she's a really highly sensitive person and like super empathetic. And she wrote her, mom a letter like explaining like i'm a highly sensitive person this is really hard for me when you do this and that Mm -hmm. and whatever and she like gave it to her in a book and i was like that's not gonna work for my relationship with my mom but so cool (laughs) and then she was like okay cool but why don't you take some of these aspects of this with you yeah and that was or yeah the packaging yeah and so what what she said to do is like these are a couple of things she does she's like i I only call my mom when I'm up because if you call her when you're down, like it's going to, it's only going to take me down lower. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I hear you, but like, I don't really want to call her when I'm up either because that means like, I'm not going to be able to stay up there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I decided to only talk to her about or try to and this is the part of the verbiage that she gave me, which was say like, hey, this thing happened. I'd love to celebrate it with you oh, and I just be that. really direct. Yeah and I've tried that and that's kind of worked. like I've kind of been like, and I think it's like a good practice to get in with someone close to you too because I can list off like all of my professional failures to you or personal failures in like 10 seconds like they're right there. Mm-hmm. But for me to tell you like four good things that happened to me this week, I'd really have to think about it. You know, yeah. like, they're just less sticky. So to to have that as like a thing that you do is actually a, a pretty good idea. Yeah, you know, I just love- like for your self worth.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that's beautiful. My boyfriend and I do this thing called like mad, glad, sad, ha- or like mad. Mm. Gl- yeah, I think that's it. It's only three. And sometimes we throw in other words that like feel interesting. And because I'm such an external processor, like I feel like I'm talking yeah. at him all day, but he's more internal. And it really helps me like, he- like I guess hear and feel where he's at about things that he might not like externally process unless I asked. Yeah, And it's taught me to ask more direct questions. I think- like throughout this process of trying this activity. And I've loved it so much. Um, And it kind of sounds similar. It's like, it's like asking for what you need because we can't expect people to know what we need unless we ask for it. Even if it feels obvious and you're like sharing something happy, like you feel like it's obvious that it should be met with happiness or celebratory words. (laughs) But if it's not for some people, like kind of meeting them halfway there and and telling them what you need.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's so cool. I think it's really effective.
2: Well, I mean, that kind of brings me to my next question. So not only do you host Let It Out, but you also have a podcast about mental health called Spiraling. And mm-hmm. you're really clear on the show. Like you and Serena aren't mental health experts, but you're people who have lived experience, which makes you experts in yourselves. <laughs> um, and I recommended your podcast to like a million people, both of them. But this one in particular, more like recently, um, because... It is just so relatable. And on the show, you share that you've always kind of had this tendency towards melancholy. And I love that description because it's not like, it's not necessarily like a label. It's like explaining your feelings and and how it's felt. Um, and then you've described anxiety as living in the past and future, kind of implying that our remedies are always ways to help us try to live more in the present. And I guess I just wanted to know if you could share some of the things that you've been doing lately to cope with your anxiety that have been helpful for you.
0: Hmm. You did a really nice job of like picking out the like three nice things, like (laughs) times I've articulated this well. (laughs) I think the tendency towards melancholy thing is something I maybe even got from Josh, but I mean, just like a nice way of saying like I have depression, you know? (laughs) Um, But I, I think that's where Serena and I differ is like, you know, she has anxiety, obviously, as do I but she doesn't have depression and I have depression, but my anxiety is very different from hers. Mm. I don't have the, you know, anxiety disorder with the panic attacks that she has. Although I sometimes get panic attacks and I manage my anxiety very differently than she manages hers. Yeah. So
2: variations nice because it gives other, like people can kind of live through each of your experiences. And I'm sure there are a million other ways that people experience anxiety and depression, but it's nice to have some variation.
0: Of course. Yeah, exactly. And I think just because we're in such different life phases, like now we live in different sides of the country and, you know, she's really in this like stable place in her relationships. I'm super not. She's in a a more stable place in her career than I am. But we also have so many similarities that it's just, it works really well and we get along really well, even though we're incredibly different and have like a very different sense of humor and it we're recording season two right now and I'm really enjoying it. Like I just, I, like I said at the beginning, I love collaborating and I love collaborating with her specifically. And I, I, the conversations that we're having genuinely feed us. So it's, it's just nice. What are some of the things that you've been doing to
2: cope with your anxiety, especially during the pandemic? I think that could be really, it could really resonate with people because Mm. there's nothing like the time that we're experiencing. And I feel like everyone's old tricks like aren't working in the same way that they used to.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's really weird. I've been being around people a lot, which sounds (laughs) crazy of the pandemic, but like I have people I hang out with regularly that I'm kind of in a little pod with and that's nice and then I talk to the same few people all the time Mm -hmm. and you know I talk to Simi about once a day ish at least like at least texting or something if not on the phone Mm -hmm. I talk to my friend Carolina for sure once a day and I have people here like around that I kind of check in with every day and so I think that's helped me a lot. And also, I I just feel like I've had, I mean, I'm sure everyone feels this, but I do feel like I've had a very unique pandemic because (laughs) I just happened to be, I was traveling and I just happened to be in LA and I was in, you know, I spent the first three months of quarantine in someone else's room that lived there and was just gone with her roommates. And it ended up being great, but it was so weird. Like I wasn't Marie condoing or cleaning. I just was like living out of my suitcase. I was meant to go to Mexico in that week, mm-hmm. you know. Like yeah. I was just, I just was kind of there, and, and so it, it all felt new. And I, I'm like, and I chose to move to a new city during that, and and I've been around a lot of new people, and so I don't feel like I've had like I don't feel like I can speak to how my anxiety would have been normally in this sort of a situation, like if I had been in New York and my life was like normal and then it went to this and there was that contrast, I think I would have just been like, so that would have been so much more jarring Mm -hmm. than what ended up happening was like, I was already in a new place. I I kind of just now associate LA with the pandemic because I, the longest time I've spent here, it's been a pandemic. So, so
2: interesting that you had like already sort of embraced this digital nomad lifestyle for 2020. So you were already like in. I don't want to say uncomfortable, in case travel doesn't feel that way to you. But, yeah, like, you were totally. kind of already embracing that. So you like, yeah, you all just like part of the the
0: ride, really. Yes, exactly, exactly. I, I and I think I ever I had been so dysregulated for an entire. Year and then the week, the year before that was quite strange to me as well. Mm -hmm. So I think I had this feeling when the pandemic began of like, oh, everyone else is just meeting this is kind of nice like everyone else is just (laughs) meeting me where I was which was like chaos (laughs) you know (laughs) and I felt very comfortable there so I was kind of like okay well yeah you know and there was this like primal nature of it at the beginning of like I remember just a lot of my friends just calling me out of the blue and like I would answer where I felt like that never happened before. It was like, Oh, can I take this call right now? I don't know. I have stuff to do. Like, Mm -hmm. and it was just like, no, you answer like, who knows what's happening in the know And it's just like, I've, it's caused me to live a lot more presently. Like I can just sit and read a book or like, yeah, that person called I can. Yeah. Yes. I'll FaceTime you now. And like, I can do that later. Like just literally just living my life. I've had less plans, so it has to be less regulated, which allows for more unknown things to come in. You know what I mean?
2: Mm, that's so interesting. Okay, so I don't know if it's like socially gauche to talk about the benefits of a pandemic when we're in, having so... Yeah. Like, I want to ask you about that because I feel like though there, there's obviously so much pain and so much suffering and so many lives have been lost. So I want to caveat my question with that, but... In the same way that I like to look about, like look into post traumatic growth, as opposed to the like the trauma and the coping itself, like I I'm really curious about the kind of growth and um, I guess positive effects of the pandemic that other people are going to experience, because I certainly feel like I've had the opportunity to grow by facing some of the harder things or like having conversations that like I couldn't really avoid anymore because all I had to do was think about the things going on in my life. And I, I really appreciate that now that I'm past it. But I don't know if you if you feel the yeah. same way.
0: Yeah. I mean, there are things that are a bummer, mm-hmm. but I feel like I've kind of forgotten about those at this point. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I miss going out to dinner with my friends. And I miss like ease of doing things but I definitely don't it's kind of like the full-time job of or being an entrepreneur thing it's like I definitely don't miss rushing I don't miss scheduling I don't miss over planning I don't miss like there's a lot of stuff that I the simplicity that the pandemic caused yeah is really nice and I and I don't it luckily it will be a slow transition back very slow Mm -hmm. I remember being very like, I don't want to go back to normal life. Like I'm scared. This is nice because I think I was so overscheduled and I was so running around and bananas, especially living in New York that now I feel a bit more like I will carry this through the rest of my life because it forced me to slow down in a way I was so scared of because I was moving so fast to distract myself from feeling like we talked about yeah. and, and being in my head and, and distract myself from the coping mechanisms that I turn to, to avoid feeling, you know, which is like eating or not eating or overworking, you know, it's like, mm. I was just like, well, if I just move really fast and I'm around people, I'm blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, which worked for a bit so yeah (laughs) Um, but it also made me really tired and burnt out yeah it I was gonna
2: ask you like what about your old life are you going to leave in your old life post pandemic because Mm -hmm. I'm of the opinion that like we can't go back to the way things were everything's going to shift like we've all been through kind of a collective trauma of sorts and it sounds like your answer to that would be like you're gonna leave a lot of like the pressure around scheduling or like maybe aspects of your business that were in person. It sounds like maybe like you're happy to keep those virtual, though I guess a lot of your business is virtual anyways. I'd love for you to
0: um, expand upon that. Yeah. I mean, I think I I will definitely do more in-person events. and mm-hmm. And that was something that I was working on. And I for sure will go back to that eventually. I don't know when or how or any of that. But I definitely enjoy that and want that to be part of my work. Um, The rest of it is already digital. I mean, I was recording the podcast in person and I like doing it. I I did it to challenge myself because Ah. for, as you know, like five years, something like that. I don't know, like three to five years into the podcast. I did it all virtually. Yeah, And then in Detroit, before I moved to New York, I had done a couple in person but yeah, I just wanted to try it. I was like, Oh, I think what like, what does that do? Does it add to it? Does it subtract from it? What's it like? Mm. And I wanted to do live episodes. Like I wanted to have an audience. And so I wanted to like practice on my own with, with someone. And so, and then in New York, yeah, it was a way to kind of meet people and see the city and go to people's spaces. And yeah, I did like doing it in person. Like it was cool. It was for that moment in time, but I, I now am back to doing it obviously remotely. And it's fine. Like, I don't think we really lose anything from it. I think if anything, like I say in the workshop, like, I think you can actually gain from not being in person. Like, I think it's actually fully fine, if not better sometimes. Mm. So we'll see, like I might do some in person. I might do some remotely, probably it'll be a mixture as the world goes back to normal. But I think majority will be, remote and yeah we'll see I mean I I don't know I like having to be somewhere every day so you know so much of my life was like going to co-working spaces and going to meetings and going to offices and I don't do that anymore so I think I will want to have some sort of element of that in my life eventually but I don't know when that will be, mm-hmm. um, and so I think those ways it'll affect my work, but not for a while.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're in this for the long haul. I won't be, I won't be at my office building for my like my full time job until June, end of June, twenty twenty one is when we're opening. Wow! And I've really had to let that sink in and be like, okay, so like if this is going to be my life for almost another full year. Like what, yeah. what do I need to shift to make this even more livable? Cause I feel like I've made a lot of shifts to make sure like I'm making time for the things that, you know, like make me feel like a person, but yeah, th- like every month I've been like, okay, like this is me adjusting to things temporarily. And I, I've still been yeah. like kind of making plans for the long term. but to know like for sure, I'm not going back till next summer just yeah. makes it feel like really, really different for some reason.
0: Wow. Yeah. That, that has to be really jarring. Yeah. Are you liking working at home?
2: I actually really love it. I feel like I, I feel like I, it would be perfect if I could go to a coffee shop comfortably. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm, I'm like challenged by the fact that like we live in an apartment and we are so lucky to like have a place to live and an income and we're able to make things work during a global pandemic. But I'm still like oh my gosh if I have to look at the same Four walls for another year I'm gonna lose it so I think I need to find ways to like comfortably Um get myself To do some things that are different or like Break up the routine and I'm kind of playing Around with what I look like um But it's been so weird This this whole podcast yeah it's hard I'm recording it all the summer Of the pandemic like everything for season One and it's going to be such an interesting Time capsule I think because in every episode, like there's no way to avoid it. And I think like, there are some aspects of TV that like date it. Like you watch it and they have like a Walkman and you're like, Oh, this is like made in the (laughs) night. And I feel like that is what my season one of this podcast is going to be like. It's like the Walkman that, you know, signifies pandemic.
0: Yeah. But I think this is such a rich time to have conversations with people because it really should, like I was saying it, like there's something primal about it. There's something like I, to answer your question about like closer with friendships like I think I have become way closer with kind of everyone in my life agreed yeah through this because it just there was this level of like wow this is crazy and like sometimes Mm -hmm. you have that in a relationship and it makes you bond you know like before pre-pandemic like if you're like we both experienced uh, really got stuck in an elevator together. Like that'll make you closer, you know? And like, we're kind of stuck in an elevator with everyone now. And we're all processing that. And I think that may like going through something with someone, it's like, you know, a couple gets closer when they have a baby because they've like gone through madness, yeah. you know? And like, I think we're all collectively going through madness and it's making us closer.
2: Mm. I think that's so true. Um, I like the word pandemic. It means like prevalence over a whole country or the world. Like it's, it's like a huge force that kind of overtakes an entire area of a place. And like, not only are we experiencing a global pandemic in the form of the coronavirus, obviously, but I think our society is struggling with like lots of metaphorical pandemics, if that makes sense. And my, my, a uh, favorite quote paraphrased is, it's no measure of good health to be well-adjusted to a sick society. So I guess I'm wondering, mm. what's a societal pandemic you've noticed that you'd like to point out? Um, or something that you've been like really kind of charged to address or or think about? I think things that come to mind for me are like diet culture and other things that you've talked about. Yeah. I would love to hear more about your your more current experiences.
0: I mean, there's obviously so many things <laughs> happening in the world right now that... Mm-hmm. I can address from that vein. But I think, you know, obviously systematic racism and wealth disparity and environmentally, and Mm -hmm. there's so much, but I will speak on the ones that have affected me most just because I think I can most comfortably speak on those, which, you know, again, it's tricky because there's so many places we could go Totally. For this question. Um, But, you know, I'll say two things. Like, obviously, diet culture and standards of beauty and eating disorder recovery, that community, health at every size, that has shaped my thinking and my understanding of the world and made me a more empathetic person, Mm. having had the body image ups and downs and the vacillation of recovery and Mm. not recovery again and again and again and again and again and it's shown me how inherent this is in our society and also that it's this mental health it's this very ingrained pattern that I turn to mm-hmm. again and again. And I think that that is something that I'm really, I think talking about that and understanding that and talking about my experience vulnerably is something I will do for the rest of my life because it's helped me to hear other people do that and it helps and it helps me to do it, you know? And so I share because I hope it helps other people but I also share because it definitely helps me. Yeah. So that's one thing. And then I also think this is related but I think people not feeling like people having low self-worth and not feeling like they can be themselves and create is a big thing bummer, you know, mm-hmm. because there's so many people who want to make something but are scared or are blocked or want to travel or want to you know there's so much privilege to so many of the things that I've been able to do in my life and I also feel like my self-worth isn't where I want it to be and that's uncomfortable but also makes me quite empathetic because I get it like I get what it's like to not feel good enough I get what it's like to be rejected I get what it's like to be to not feel like you're being yourself and to know you can do better you can feel better and to just feel off and it's it's Mm. it's a bummer and so I would just want people to feel less alone and seen and connected because I also have had moments where I have felt really sparkly and kind of high and connected and like I have been able to be myself and so you know Josh says this of his movies but I I adapt this for my work of like I'm interested and he, he says with his movies, he likes to watch people getting better at being themselves Mm -hmm. and with let it out and the kids and the podcast and spiraling and what I, what I write and share and, and create, it's all about helping people to get better at being themselves, you know, and not about changing or growing as much as I guess growing is growing into being able to be comfortable being yourself because I've had moments where I've done it where I felt like oh, I was really myself and it feels so good. Mm. And that's what intimacy is, right? Like intimacy is you're able to be yourself and someone's able to see you being yourself.
2: Yeah. And they're like, and then you connect. It. Like, like I think in friendship, like hold right. on that. And like, maybe you share one thing yes. that feels intimate. And then like 10 weeks later, you share something else that is like way more intimate. And like, the closeness that you feel each time
0: you you let down a wall, I just think is so moving. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, it definitely, I think it, I've also gone in the other direction where I've had to learn boundaries of it as well because, or I am learning because I think because of what I do and because of my experience of personal growth, obsession and therapy mm-hmm. obsession and wellness obsession and spirituality obsession i feel very comfortable being vulnerable and talking about my feelings which i don't think is a bad thing but i do think i need to taper a bit in Mm. real life interactions because it's like i've been sharing about my feelings on the internet so openly for years that in person, sometimes I forget like, Oh, this isn't like how we do this actually. Whoops. You know, Like, yeah, I, mean, you know, I just have to kind of reel it in. Yeah.
2: That's such an interesting point. Have you ever like been on a date or, or like, m- like met with someone who's listened to your show and felt like they know too much about me for this to be like an even level playing field.
0: Yeah. I mean, yes. I don't mind that as much of like, well, I'll, I'll become friends with someone who's, Listen to the podcast, and Mm -hmm. that has happened, that has happened a fair amount of times. And it's it's okay. It's just like a little bit weird at the beginning where I'm like, okay, I just need to learn a lot more about you because you know a lot about me. (laughs) Yeah. And then it ends up being fine. It's like not really a big deal. Mm. But I I mostly I have made friends, like I'm trying to think of my close friends of any of them, like that never really happens like I I never really at this point have become very close to someone who's found me through that way usually it's like I meet someone and then they're like oh what do you do oh weird you have this thing like yeah. do. okay cool you know like it's just kind of like that um but I have become friends with a lot of people who have been guests on my podcast yeah that makes so sense. that has happened yeah
2: yeah, that's so interesting. I, I, cause I, I always wonder that because Glennon Doyle said something about like having her blog years ago and being like, it's just not fair that <laughs> so many people know all of these things about me and like I meet them and they want to jump straight into that and it's like, hey, like can we can we exchange names? Like can we can we get to like this mm-hmm. equalish place because it might feel a little off, but I think everyone probably has their own experience with that. Um, that's really cool though, that like, I think it sounds like you're on a journey of discovering like what selective vulnerability looks like. So like in your show, like part of like the, the brand of the show is you sharing your life. And I'm sure there are like clear boundaries about things you'll talk about and things that you won't. Um, and maybe those boundaries like expand over time, but, um, something that I've been thinking a lot about is like, what does selective vulnerability look like in my own life? Because otherwise it just feels like you've shared too much and you have this vulnerability hangover, but um, there's definitely like a line there and I think it's probably
0: different for everyone. Yeah. It's just like a boundary that needs to be there that I'm warming up to or learn, trying to learn about a little bit because yeah, it, it is new it is new to me right now. Mm -hmm. I'm, there are some people that I can just like go there with and it's fine and I'm not judged. And they're kind of like that too. And it's not really a big deal, but there are other people who do appreciate the slow burn of a relationship. And like, I need to be able to do that to like work in that mode too, Mm -hmm. where that is not my most comfortable mode and that's okay. But like, Sometimes it's it's nice to talk about things that are not our feelings, you yeah. know, and just like have fun, yeah, yeah. And I think that that I've forgotten that a lot, which is so silly. But
2: no, that's easy. I to think do, I just given your work. I mean, you like you live in feelings and other people's feelings for your work. You're you're talking about it all day long, so it makes sense that like you're already warmed up when you leave the house. Like you're ready to go. You just talked about like mental health and you know, then you go for coffee and like you've already went there that day. So it makes sense that you'd want to
0: continue it. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's, uh, it's like the muscle that's the most toned for me Mm -hmm. and I have the other muscles. They're just really weak and I need to, to work them back up again. And, yeah, I, it's the same with like I've been learning about this a lot too with in therapy of like the I love in a very specific sort of a way too. Like I'm a smother and I like am all in and I'm all there and there are other ways to show love too. That one's just the most comfortable and the most safe because that's like how I was shown love, <laughs> you know, as a child. You know, and, and so I think it's the same sort of thing of like learning to be able to vacillate between different modes is, is smart. Like you, you, you do that in business, right? Like yeah. you're not going to like go all in with your boss and your, but in, I think in personal relationships, it's like, you kind of have to feel people out and it takes time. And you know, it, it's just, yeah, it's one foot in front of the next to try to, to, figure out what works in the moment that you're in and it's not going to be the same as the last moment you're in and, and just parsing that out you know
2: yeah that makes a lot of sense and i appreciate you sharing that so openly i think i think people hearing that might make them feel less alone because i think we're all navigating these things these like social boundaries and like personal boundaries and um it's not a perfect science. We're not going to always get it right for ourselves. Like we can only establish boundaries by crossing our own and realizing, Oh, like that didn't feel right to me or like that was too much for me. And like that, that's how I know there needs to be a boundary. Otherwise, like they're just so
0: arbitrary, right? Like they, they have to be gained through experience in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's like I said before, it's not linear too. It's like, you might, you know, for up. Forward, three back, Mm -hmm. and again and again and again.
2: Yeah. Oh, I always love chatting with you, and I always love listening to your podcast for this reason because it makes me feel like I'm chatting with you, honestly. Mm, (laughs) Um, That's so nice. I'm so glad. (laughs) A concept that I'm stealing from you is like quick fire
0: questions. So, (laughs) oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited for these. No, these are are you kidding? I thought you'd never ask. These are my favorite.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's your go to order at your favorite hometown restaurant in Michigan? Oh
0: wow! I don't really get this every time I go back, but I also haven't been back in eight months, mm-hmm. but i at, the next time I'm there, I, I will have to make a trip. There's this place called Ellis Esteco. It's Mexican food, and I don't even I, I know someone not to brag, but like I know someone someone I went to high school with mom worked there. And I'm from a college town, so there's a lot of, like, college town-esque food. But this was, like, a Mexican place that's been there forever. It has a rooftop, which was the first time I'd ever, like, heard of a place having a rooftop. Yeah. They have very good margaritas.
2: I love that. Um, have you been there? No, no, I just love that concept. I feel like a oh, really good yeah, rooftop yeah, yeah. bar is, like, it's, just like, the perfect
0: addition to any town. <laughs> I know, I know, totally. Um and I've had, to be honest with you, I have had a lot of things on their menu. Like yeah. in my yoga teacher training, I used to go with my the owner of the studio who taught me how to teach yoga, and she would get a bean and cheese burrito and put honey inside of it, I which was also very good. Oh my gosh, that sounds yeah, amazing. it's really good. It's actually really good. Yeah, but there's this thing there on the menu that I keep talking about, which is the people i'm in quarantine with which is it's called the Chipopo salad mm. and it's like what they're known for and it's like kind of like salad nachos it's like nachos on the bottom just like a thin small layer and then it's like a really high up mountain of salad like give it a google if people oh are curious gosh. but it's like uh, like a mountain of salad and it has peas in it and like it's i think it had i don't even eat meat now but like it has chicken in it Um, and I don't know if you can do it without that or not, but like, for some reason that is speaking to me for this answer.
2: (laughs) I love that. That's I love that description because I feel like everyone has that meal for them and maybe it changes over time, but it's so fun. That's a
0: good question. Mm,
2: That's so nice. Um, Totally. Yeah. So what do you wish you had known when you started out your business? And at the time, I guess it probably wasn't a business. It was more of like a hobby in in school, but Mm -hmm. it evolved. And like, what's something you wish you had
0: done from the beginning that you do now? I would say be more organized, but like, I know I wouldn't have done that. So <laughs> I guess I would have just been like, have fun. Don't take it too seriously. Like it's going to work out. Like you're, you're going to, I think what I would have said, honestly, cause I was so uncertain. I think I would have just been like, dude, 10 years from now, you're still going to be doing this just so you know. Mm-hmm. So act accordingly you know what I mean yeah don't treat it like a hobby like I wasn't I I treat it more like a hobby now than I did back then. (laughs) (laughs) but like yeah I would just be like you know keep going like get your shit to don't don't worry so much because I think at that time I was so like I am an entrepreneurial lady you know (laughs) and I would have just been like you're gonna still be doing this in ten years, so just like yeah, like don't. you really are an entrepreneur. Yeah. Like it's, it's yeah, fun, yeah, like, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Like go, like have a drink. Yeah. <laughs> be nicer to yourself. I love. Because I was so wound up, so tight, mm. and I'm not now, which is way better for everyone involved.
2: I love that. Oh. So cool. Um, Yeah. I know that your morning routines are like purposely flexible because you've, you interview people on your podcast about their morning routines and like, you've talked about this a lot, but if you could plan out your ideal morning, maybe like minus the routine, how would that play out?
0: I think I'd wake up early naturally. So, you know, and not from like a pain in my body, just from like the sun or something. And I'd feel energized if I'm really going for it and i'd have some like water with lemon that's warm um maybe it's just like waiting for me like magic who knows Mm -hmm. and i'd probably be i'd definitely be with people and i would then i would like talk to those people and then i would be like i want to spend some time alone (laughs) (laughs) and then i would um I would do that. I would. My my friend Kristen has this thing where she does five, 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 where she and it, you could change it to like fifteen, fifteen, fifteen. But read something that you want to for fifteen minutes, write for fifteen minutes, and move for fifteen minutes. I love or like maybe it's be quiet for fifteen minutes. I don't remember, um, but I would do those things. Like I would read, write. I would do morning pages, and I would go on a walk, hmm. and I would meditate probably. Um, but like efficiently, like I wouldn't like ground. You know, yeah, <laughs> sometimes yeah. I feel like I I take so long in the morning because I'm just kind of like on my phone between, and I'm not really intentional about it. But I'd like really do those things, and then I would like have a really nice breakfast, and um, you know, maybe like talk to my friends more, and then I would work on some things, and and I would get dressed really nicely at some point in there. Like I would really, you know, put on an outfit that I really like and I would be fully ready in an outfit that felt really good.
2: I love that so much. I think especially in quarantine, I've been like wearing the same thing every day and I forget oh, that I have a closet of clothes. <laughs> so I really wanna try to dress like a normal, like my normal self.
0: <laughs> I think that's a Yeah, fun. I mean it's easy to do. I have like four things that I own really because I've been moving in between places. So it's been a little bit tough, but Mm. yeah, I think it does really help.
2: I think so too. Uh, Next question. How do you tell the difference between your intuition and your fear?
0: Intuition is always quiet and faint and hard to hear. And fear is loud and intense Mm. and they, it feels really, really true and real and i yeah my intuition is really quiet and Mm. hard to hear but i i always pretty much know when it's that but i have to i like you i'm an external processor and have to do a lot of talking it out to verify
2: (laughs) yeah I'm sure that's why journaling has been so helpful for you right because it's like yes it's just like so non-judgmental like the rest of the world doesn't get to weigh in yet you can just
0: process exactly I have to I have to do it like Mm -hmm. if I don't it's the one thing that I really have to do for my mental health like I've been in a really transitional weird spot for the last couple months and that has been the only consistent thing and in in quarantine, like I really have genuinely done morning pages every day. And that was not how I normally was. Um, But it's been, it has been a necessity right now.
2: Mm, It'll be so interesting, like 10 years from now. I don't know if you ever look back at your journals, but to revisit this particular time in history and be like, what was I like? What was I thinking? Was I wrestling with? I think that'll be such a gift. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm doing it on my computer. Like I, I made one. It's so funny. I made one for this summer, like just from June till now, I moved to a new place that I'm in now. Um, and I've kept it in a document and I've been doing it in there and it's like 20,000 words, Wow, which is crazy. Like so <laughs> My
2: dissertation in grad school.
0: <laughs> I know the document is so big. And I was just like, Oh my god! I have this is how many thoughts I have. That is twenty thousand words. My book was forty thousand. Like (laughs) it's crazy. Oh my gosh! Well, this (laughs) I mean, none of it makes sense. But like, also some of it, I'm like, some of this is interesting. Some of this could be a novel. I mean, you'd have to parse through a lot of shit. I have it open right now. Let me tell you the exact word count: nineteen thousand and nineteen words. Nineteen. Nineteen zero one nine, Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I love that. Yeah. I, I mean, clearly like it's been an awesome tool
2: for you to process, which is why you wrote a book about it, right? Like it's changed your life that much. And yeah. I really want everyone to check that book out because it was so special to me, especially when you first published it and I like tore through it. I was so excited, um, <laughs> which maybe isn't how a journaling book should be read. Like I feel like it should be like slow and methodical, but I was just so excited about it.
0: Um, so super recommend that one. Oh, thanks. It's so funny. I just, I, since I have that, that document open, I just, the first day was June 8th Hmm. and I'm looking back at it now and I'm just like, Oh my God, there's so (laughs) much detail in here. The things I was writing about and like, Oh, it's a lot. Yeah. It's it's great. I love that. (laughs) Oh,
2: so a lot of lists too. A lot of it doesn't make sense. A lot of lists. I like that. It doesn't have to, right? Like it just has to make sense in the moment, right? Get it out. Yeah. Let it out. (laughs) Totally. Um, Totally. On your podcast, sometimes you say like, wherever you go, there you are. And that's something that I say a lot as well. Um, I, I really, I like the phrase because it's true, right? Like it encouraged me to get comfortable with kind of sitting with myself and looking at myself over the years because wherever I moved, wherever, you know, you run or flee to, there you'll be. And all of that said, the title of my podcast is Back to You. And um, sometimes Andrea Gibson, my favorite poet, says it hurts to become. So during a hard season, what is your best tip for navigating the process of coming back to yourself?
1: Hmm.
0: There's two things. So first, listen, like listen to yourself and your intuition in the way that makes sense for you. Some people, it's movement. Some people, for me, it's writing, as we've talked about, and When you're feeling good, try to do those things. Yeah. If you're feeling really low and bad, don't try to do those things because it's just gonna make it worse. You can't rewire a brain pattern or figure out clarity on what you want next or or really do anything personal growth wise productive when the world is showing you evidence proving your low self worth, right? Mm -hmm. So like when you get a rejection or you're just feeling weird or something goes wrong like that is not the time to rewire your brain that's the time for you to cope. that's kind of like what i was talking about the suit and self kit that is the time for you to distract right like watch something that makes you feel good that is why content exists i believe it is the time for you to call a friend it is the time to get out of the house it is the time to do something that makes you feel good that is not related to feel like actually changing or growing, you know, like that is just going to it's not gonna work if you do that. So just try to make yourself happy mm. in another way. And then eventually you have to trust that you will you might just do that stuff for a while, but eventually you'll get like high again. You'll get some dopamine and serotonin, you'll come up a bit, and that's when you can turn to your journal and that's when you can feel some of those feelings and that's when you can do that and um, that's it. Yeah. That that's what I would say.
2: I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I think hopefully this podcast will be a collection of tips (laughs) and it'll just help people over time really feel like through other people's stories, they are coming home to themselves. Because, like, I know we learn best through dialogue and we can't always have a dialogue with the people that we admire, but we can listen to them on podcasts. And that's kind of my goal with this whole thing is just. If we, if we hear enough stories and we hear enough personal tips and experiences, maybe some of it will stick and some of it won't, but, um, ultimately it'll help us reflect about the things that make sense to us,
0: you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. It's like the tool belt Mm -hmm. analogy. So,
2: We're going to wrap up now, which I'm so sad about because I could ask you 20 more questions. Honestly, I have I have them here, (laughs) Um, but (laughs) oh, I'm definitely want to (laughs) respect your time. I know that I know that I'm taking a lot of time out of your day right now, and I just really appreciate you coming on the show. So, where can my listeners find you and your work on the internet? I'm sure I'm sure that a lot of them already know, but just in case.
0: Yeah, I am just a Google away. Katie Delvaux. Um, Let It Out is the website. We have a Let It Out letter. The podcast is also called Let It Out. My book is called Let It Out. We have a Let It Out Instagram. with It's Let It Out with three T's yeah, I'm sure you'll have all the links to everything. And I'm so grateful that I was here. I'm so happy you started your podcast and that you're loving it. You did such a great job. It was super
2: fun. Thank you. I really appreciate that feedback. it's been It's been so fun chatting with you, and i I so appreciate it. So just thank you again.
0: Oh, thank you. We'll have to do this again. this was it was a joy for me as well.
2: I'm so glad. All right, that was Katie Dalebout. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. Just a little reminder here as we close out, the information shared on this podcast by myself and my guests is generalized advice meant to be educational, not prescriptive. Today we shared with you our lived experiences, which are not a replacement for personalized medical, nutrition, or mental health care advice or treatment. Please consult your own providers for the individualized care that you deserve. You can learn more about the show at backtoyoupodcast.com and on Instagram at backtoyoupod. If you liked what you heard, please do rate and review the show on iTunes. We will see you next week. And thanks so much for tuning in. This was a really, really fun one for me.
1: That was my episode with Emily. If you liked this, share it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were entertained or felt less alone. If you want to start a podcast, the code is Let It Out Podcast for a big discount before the end of September. I would love to have you. And if you have any questions about starting a podcast at all, just email me, Katie at Let It Out with three T's.com. I am here for you. I love you. I'm so grateful that you listen every week or maybe this is your first week and it means so much. I've been hosting this podcast since 2013 and that's, you know, seven years longer than I've done most other things. One of the longest relationships of my life and I hope to continue it. All right. I will talk to you next week with a new episode. Until then, have a great week. Hang in there wherever you are. A weird year and i hope that you are doing your best my other podcast with serena wolf spiraling it's a mental health podcast about anxiety that is available and season two is releasing every other week this week we put out a new episode about managing setbacks so i'm going to insert a little clip of that here for you to check out if you're new to spiraling and hopefully you enjoy it and come over there as well all right talk to you soon love you bye Oh, the emoji this week is the microphone, the old timey microphone. I'm sure we've done that one before, but you know what? It's podcasting season and we're doing it again. So comment that on my Instagram, on Emily's Instagram, on the Back To You Podcast Instagram, on the Let It Out Instagram with three Ts. Follow us and I will talk to you next week.